Well, greetings, all of our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. It is a blessing to be with you today. We are excited about what God is doing. It's been an amazing few weeks. God has been moving tremendously. I'm going to give you just a minute to join in, to share the podcast, like the podcast. Again, this is one more pre-recorded message we did before we left for South Africa. We are just coming back into the country in anticipation of a mighty move of God this week. So I'm going to ask you again, if you were blessed last week, the week before, please be sure to uh, share the podcast, like the podcast, let somebody know we're on. And we're going to pray that God would add grace to the hearing and teaching of his word today. So I'm going to give you just a minute to join in again. I'm just coming into the country, uh, just getting back within the last few hours. It's going to be, it's been an amazing time by the grace of the Lord. We're expecting for tonight and this weekend is going to be phenomenal at our prophetic service. So let's get straight to the word of the Lord. If you can share the podcast again, I greet all of you listening. Uh, normally I'll greet you while I'm preaching, but again, this is a pre-recorded message from last week or the week before so that you can hear the word of the Lord. So let's get right to the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, grant us wisdom and understanding. Grant us counsel. Grant us the mind of God concerning what you desire for this season and this time. Open up the eyes and ears of the Spirit to know the mind of God and the purposes of God. Speak to us and give us truth that makes us free in our generation. I pray for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. We're going to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 21. We're going to continue our series. The last few weeks, we've been talking about kings and priests. But here is what Romans 8, 21 says, that because the creature itself shall be delivered. Remember, creation has a self. It has a being. It has a substance. Everything that exists uh, was made in the image and likeness. Uh, what, everything that, that exists was made by the words of God. We were made in the image and likeness of God, but everything in creation came from the creator. So it has a being. It says, the scripture tells us that the, the trees can clap and that uh, uh, the mountains can sing, that they make sound. So they're living beings. They have existence and they make a sound. And that sound when man and women of God that are not, that or men that don't know God are in authority, it is a groan. When men and women uh, are in authority, they do not know God nor know the ways of God. Creation is under a groan. Read verse 22, the Bible tells us, 22 says, for we know that the all of creation groans and travails until now in pain. So everything created is in pain. If you've ever heard the sound, I'm the, by God's grace, the father of five children uh, and God's been good. And I thank the Lord for the diligence of my wife, but there is a sound and a moan and a groan that begins when travail means travail means birthing time. And it is a sound of pain, a sound of agony. And uh, God, by God's grace, after our first child, gave us wisdom concerning childbirthing, that in Christ the, the curse is reversed. I remember watching a National Geographic program, and everything in creation would birth and get up and start moving. Uh, the, I was watching a giraffe, and it birthed that giraffe. It got up, it walked. The giraffe walked, and they were up in just moments. Uh, all the animals were birthing, and they were in in position to move within moments, minutes, 
maybe hours, but they were moving rapidly. But only humanity uh, nearly dies in birth, and it takes days and weeks and months to recover this near-death experience. Why is that so? According to the Bible, according to Genesis chapter 3, because the woman uh, disobeyed the word of God, that there would be increased pain in childbirth that she would bring forth in sorrow. But that is a result of the curse. Now, we know the curse has been broken. We know the curse has been done away with. And now God has reversed the curse. Uh, that's verse 12. Uh, and uh, the scripture tells us, I should go down a little bit. Genesis chapter 3. going to go down a little bit between uh, verse 15. He says, I will put enmity between the woman and between thee and thy seed. Go back up just a couple more verses. All right. Uh, verse number 13. Going to go there. We'll read just a few verses. Now, this is the story where um, God begins to give an account uh, of what took place. And in verse 13, God comes to the woman and begins to ask what was done. All right, in verse 13, there's a communication there between God and the woman. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, And the Lord said to the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And she said, The woman that you put, uh, or the serpent, has beguiled me. So there was a deception. Verse 16 says, And unto the woman I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in conception. In sorrow you will bring forth children, and the desire shall be unto thy husband, and he will rule over thee. So what takes place here in, you see, a multiplication of pain. And after our first child was born, the Lord told me, which was premature two months, my son Nathan, who is very excellent in, in, in knowledge, very smart, intellectual, um, very bright, super sharp, anointed, but uh, was two months premature, was an incubator for two for two weeks, couldn't take them home, a life or death situation. God said, you can speak over your children's birth and you can reverse the curse in Christ. The curse has been reversed so you can expect easy delivery. So the last four children have been a lot easier because we prayed over that. I believe the last child we had, which is Zoe, uh, just two years ago, we went through McDonald's. We went through the drive-through. There was an ink on the way to the hospital and we prayed that the, the, the curse would be reversed and she would bring forth in ease and no birth is easy but it got easier so you go back to verse number 22 of Romans chapter number 8 it tells us that 8 verse 22 that the earth is groaning that creation is groaning there is a sound in the earth and it is a moan it is a groan it is a cry it is a frequency of pain Everything that exists is in pain until God's sons and daughters get in position. This is why the tornadoes look angry. The hurricanes look furious. The fire looks, look, looks agitated because creation has a being. And when God's sons and daughters are not in position, creation groans waiting until now, verse 23, it waits, and not only they, but we within ourselves are waiting for the adoption of sons and the redemption of the body. Verse 20, uh, go back to verse 19, the scripture says. The Bible tells us, verse 19, that the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the unveiling of the sons of God. So the sons and daughters of God stepping into position, stepping into 
realms of authority, levels of rulership, into spheres of influence. And God doesn't just want you to be there so you can be, be affirmed or our ego can be stroked. He needs you to be a Joseph because a famine is coming in the land that if Joseph is not in position, it will destroy Canaan, it will destroy Egypt, and it will destroy all the earth. So God must raise up a, a deliverer, as it would, a, an intercessor who will intercept the plan of the enemy. So there is a, a destruction coming in the time of Persia and the Medes, and the Bible raises up a little girl named Hadassah to step in between destruction and salvation and put her life on the line and see the scepter extended. And now justice comes where there was injustice. So now they can defend themselves and war over the preservation of the people of God in that era. God is going to raise up a Daniel to steward and to give direction to kings and leaders to be a leader in, in the kingdom of Babylon for, for five different kingly uh, priestly uh, kings or kingly operation. There was an authority that walks and God is looking to raise up those kind of men and women, David, who were going to the palace and they were brought out of the backside of the wilderness, but God raised them up. The Saul's who were the... who who were shepherds and God said, I'll make you the first king of Israel. See, God is trying to do something great with us, but we're limiting to him. We're, we're, we're stuck in our expectation. So the earnest expectation of the creature is waiting for the unveiling and the manifestation of the sons of God. Everything was subject, verse 21, reminds us, it reminds us because the creature shall be delivered. Creation shall be delivered. Everything in existence will be delivered from slavery and corrupted leadership from slavery and bondage in those in high places. You understand, according to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12, the Bible tells us that we, we were not wrestling with flesh and blood. Your battle is not with people. Though people may resist you, though powers may seek to stop you, you are not wrestling. The word wrestle is to grapple. It is to war. It is to seek to bring someone under the dominion and the authority that you operate in. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but you are wrestling against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm going to repeat that again. Your wrestling match is not with flesh and blood, earthly powers. It's not earthly authorities, though they are influenced earthly authorities. Though there is a battle in the earth realm, it's happening in the spirit realm first. And you're wrestling against principalities. I'm going to read this to you again. This principality is, a, is an ancient spirit, a spirit from the beginning who has a level of seniority. This is how it works in the spirit. Demons only obey what was before it. Jesus is called the first and the last. The first and the last. So the first of all creation, according to Colossians, is Jesus. Now, every principality is after him. He's the first and they all come after him. Rulers, spirits. The word principality is the word, uh, the word principality is the Greek word, arche, which means beginning, the first, the chief, the, the head, the, the, the corner of a cell, first rule majesty. So this means whatever is first, come whatever comes after it is subject. This is why Esau and Jacob wrestled to come out of the womb first. Whatever is first has the blessing, has the birthright, has the generations on them. Now Jesus is the first. Now everything that came after him, 
was subject. Now there are spirits from the beginning, powers that have fallen. All we do know about that world is one third of the angels fell. Prince of power. We know that that Lucifer, who is the prince of the power of the air, is now ruling in demonic influence. And there are spirits from the beginning. But if you read your Bible, the Bible says that Jesus, that Christ is the head of all principality. I'm going to read this to you, that Jesus is the head of all principality and power. He is the head of all principality and power. Who is Jesus? Colossians 2 verse 10, and ye are complete in Christ. Colossians 2 verse 10, which is the head of all principality and power. So we're wrestling with what Jesus is the head of. I want you to get that through your mind. So principalities, even fallen principalities and rulers of this age, the head of them, the ultimate ruler of all of them is Christ. So in order to get authority above them, you've got to go before them. I'm going to repeat that to you. In order to get authority above a principality, you've got to get before. So the first thing we're wrestling with is principalities, which is spirits from the beginning, arche. John 1, 1 is also the word beginning, RK. In the beginning, God, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, this is the same word, RK. In the principality, there was word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 2 says, the same was in the beginning with God. So the word is the word from the beginning. So in the beginning of it all, the first word and the first thought and the first spoken idea was Christ. And now everything after is subject. This is why everything was made by him and for him. And this is why Jesus is the head of all principality and power. Go to John chapter 3, verse 31. Here is what we understand. He that is from above is above. He that comes from above is above, and he that is earthly is of the earth is earthly. He speaks of the earth, and he comes, he that comes from heaven is above all. I'm going to reiterate this to you, that he that is from above. Now, the first above and the second above are not the same above. The first above is the word anathen, higher place, the first, the beginning, the first. So the first above is before. And the second above is epino in more, higher in rank, above spiritually. So there's two words there. They are translated the same, but they're not the same in the Greek. Why is that important? He that is before is over. He that is elder is above. Now we know we are not older than principalities and powers. There are ancient spirits that have been here since the fall, since the beginning, and they've operated in seniority and they don't leave unless you're older than it. Any, see, he said, Paul, I know. He said, Jesus, I know, but I don't know you because you're not operating in what was before. But when you are born again, you share the birth date of Jesus. And now principalities and powers have to be subject to Christ in you. He that comes from before is over all. He that is in the earth is earthly. He speaks of the earth. He that comes from heaven is above all, is over all, is higher than all. But in order to be higher than, you've got to be before it's a, it's a rank, it's a time in the spirit. So Romans chapter 8 verse 21 says that everything created will be delivered. It will be set. See, God wants to set free systems, structures, cities, spheres, 
atmospheres. He wants to change the school systems. He wants to change the media systems. He wants to change everywhere the devil's acting up. He wants to change the penitentiary or the or the prison systems. He wants to change the legislative system. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue. Well, you say one day, man of God. No, 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 no. He said, I'm going to raise up a church in whom the gates of hell and the gates of hell will not prevail. And I'm going to give that church the keys of the kingdom. And they're going into all the world and preaching Christ as a witness to men. And they will preach it with power, not with words of man's wisdom and intellect, but in demonstration and in power. He said, everything created has a being and that being will be set free from the bondage of corrupted power. I, every time we read this, it's the same concept. There are men and women leading nations, leading cities, leading churches, leading businesses, leading education centers, leading hospitals, leading uh, movies, leading, uh, leading production studios, leading uh, sports arenas. They're leading it, but if they're not in Christ, they're leading from a wrong image. And that sphere is groaning. That mountain is crying for a true son who knows God, who walks in the character, the integrity, the purity, but also the person of Jesus. And God wants to get into that sphere so that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. The Bible says that there will be a deliverance from the spirit of bondage through corruption in high places. You understand that? And it comes through glory, doxa, which is the weight of God, the substance. The Old Testament word for glory is the word is the word kabode, kabod, and the New Testament word is doxa, which is order, but also doxology, which is worship, worship releasing order. So the Old Testament word is kabod, which is the weight of God, the substance of God, the very being of God, the weight of God's power, splitting mountains, changing atmospheres turning right what was wrong, healing the sick and raising the dead, undoing what the devil's meant to do. Here's what John chapter number 10 and verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He has three realms. He steals what's not his. He he sucks the life out of it so it dies. Then number three, he brings it to the third, the second death, which is destruction, where it's the word destruction means without repair. So he takes what's not his. Then he, he strangles and takes the life out of what's not his. Then he destroys what's not his. But God came that you would have life. Jesus came that you would have it abundantly. Overflowing life. Overflowing virtue. Overflowing power. Overflowing grace for the people of God. For the generations. God wants to grant to you life and life abundantly. That is what glory is. Glory isn't just life. If, if I was to say life was to fill this bottle. You see, this bottle is one-third empty. If I was to say I was calling you to life, I would fill this bottle. Now I'm living. He said, your cup is not going to be full. Your cup is going to overflow. Now, if this cup started, if this one bottle got the anointing like the anointing of the oil in the jar and started 
multiplying. If I had nowhere to pour it, it would start to bubble over and the, and the water would begin to flow and it could flood my room. So what is the necessary requisite? If God is going to overflow, he needs vessels in position to catch. He needs places made. He said as long as there was enough uh, uh, enough uh, pots of oil, the oil would keep pouring out. But once the, the room stopped, once the hunger stopped, once the place that there was was prepared for the, for the Spirit of God to move had emptied and there was no more room and no more hunger, the oil ceased. God stayed the oil. I want to tell you God wants to keep pouring out and he wants to keep pouring out. And we say, why did that revival lift? Because they changed it because the hunger ceased and the pursuit ceased and the and the passion pursuit for, for pursuit changed but I want to prophesy to you there are people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness they want God they don't want stuff they want God they don't want blessing they want the blesser they don't want deliverance they want the deliverer they don't want healing they want the healer they don't want provision they want the provider they want the source they don't want the hand of God they want the face of God they want to know him and the beauty of his holiness and the fellowship through his suffering they're willing to die with him so they can live with him. He said, these kind of men and women have gone through fire and have died to themselves. And I'm going to raise them up like I raised up the people of God in the book of Revelation. There is a people who overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I said, they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony because they love not their lives unto death. They overcome, verse number 11 of Revelation 12. He said, and they overcame, Revelation 12, verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony because they love not their life. Unto, they were willing to die so they didn't have to die. It wasn't that they died. If you face death, you will never face death. Let me remind you, there were 12 disciples and 12 apostles and 11 of them fled right? One of them destroyed himself, Judas. So there was 10 that fled and there was one that stayed at the feet of Jesus. 11, 10 of them were gone. One of them was dead. So 10 of them fled. One of them was gone. He killed himself, Judas. So now we only have one disciple at the feet of Jesus. How do we know the Bible says Jesus is at the cross and he looks down and he says to Mary, here is your son and son, here is your mother. Now he is leaving his, his mother. Bible says, he said to the father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Now he left his father. He said, for this purpose, let a man leave his father and mother and be cleaved to his wife. The side was pierced and the, the husband was cleaving to the bride. He's leaving what he knew. But he left John the responsibility of Mary. See, in that day, the, the blessing, but also the honor of taking care of the elderly was on now on John. For us, that's a burden. See, see, in our culture, in the, I don't know, there are different cultures. You know, uh, the, the certain Americanized, see, I, I don't agree with this culture that says put your family in a home. Now, if they need to go to be cared for and you can't care for them and they need assistance, that's one thing. But in this culture, we want to make so much money that we're not bothered. We're not bothered, so we put them in homes. And this is why Jesus rebuked them. He said, he said, they're saying raka to their father. He said, because of your traditions, you've made the, of God none effect, meaning that there's nothing that my parents now can offer me because they're too old. So I leave them to themselves and they've dishonored the generation to come. But in most, uh, in many cultures, the elderly live with the, with the parents or live with the children. 
And that's a privilege. That's not a burden. That's not a responsibility. That's, that's a blessing. You get to honor the generation that was before you. And there's something that comes on your house. That's why, this is why God said, I'm going to bless those who bless the fathers and mothers. When you honor your father and mother, you will have a long life and your days will be well. And this is why uh, uh, you can open your home to, to your parents and not have it be a burden. And so this is what John was receiving. He was receiving the charge to take care of Mary at the feet of the, at the, feet of the cross. This is your son. This is, so the blessing that was on me is now on you, John. And the blessing that's, that's, that was on me to take care of mama is now on you, John. And the blessing that was on me is now on you, Mary. This is your son now. And now John was there. And John was the only disciple to die of old age. All the other 10 were martyred. They were, they were crucified upside down. They were beheaded. They were, they were martyred in gruesome ways. What I'm telling you, if you face death, you will not face death. If you lose your life uh, for his sake, you will find it. But if you save it, you've already lost it. If you seek to save it. Verse 11, again, we'll read this. They overcame him and them by the blood of the lamb demons and devils, powers and princes, rulers of this age are overcome by the blood of the lamb. I said, by the blood of the, I said, by the, the blood of the lamb, he shed his blood, his life and his blood was shed on the cross to wash us, to cleanse us and to empower us the blood of the lamb. But also we must have a testimony, which is our sacrifice, martyria, the Greek word for testimony is not just tell of your what God did it means your death the word of your the witness of your death see you're given power Acts chapter 1 verse 8 they can put that up you are given power to be witnesses after the Holy Ghost comes upon you and that word witness is also martyria it means to die See, when the Holy Ghost comes, we want power to do miracles and God said before I give you power to have miracles I'm going to give you power to die I know we don't like that. I know we ain't going to get amens right there. But he said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you will be witnesses. And we think witness is testimony. It is the word martos, which is a legal witness. A legal, but is the root word of martyria, to die. You die and you let him live. So when you get the Holy Ghost, what's the first thing the Holy Ghost did when it came upon Jesus after he came out of the water? It led him into the wilderness. I would have said, Lord, lead him to go preach, lead him to go prophesy, lead him to go heal the sick and raise the dead. No, no, no. He led him to a place of death and led him to a place of sacrifice, led him to an examination process alone by himself, nobody around him. He's by himself and the devil's attacking his identity, attacking his provision, attacking who he is, testing him. These tests are about proving who we really are so that God can be glorified through our life. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to die. And once you die, then you can live in Jerusalem. Then you can live in Judea. Then you can live in Samaria. Then you can live to the uttermost parts of the world. Here is what Romans chapter 8, verse number 21 tells us. We're going to prepare to pray in a minute. Again, I told you we we're not going to be that long today. Again, the Bible says that the creature will be delivered from the bondage of corruption, of perversion. If you look up that word corruption, you'll find it, it ties back to bribery. And this is what the spirit that lives, this spirit, this harlot spirit that lives on the mountains, and she will bribe you or she will threaten you. But I want to tell you there's a force and a power 
on a generation that will not succumb to her forces. You can't buy everybody and you cannot threaten everybody. There are those who are already dead in Christ and they're risen in Christ. Bible says that the spirit of bondage and the spirit of, uh, of slavery will be removed and delivered from corruption into freedom by the children of God. The children of God are the solution. The men and women of God are the answer. I want to pray with you. If you're listening to me today, I want to tell you that God has made you kings and priests. He's anointed you, he's appointed you, and he's picked you. Everything you've been through has been about this moment that you're coming to. Of power, of provision, and of victory. If you're listening under the sound of my voice, you were made for glory. Verse 22 says that there's a groaning and there's a sound of travail. He says everything in creation is groaning and getting ready to birth the sons and daughters of God. Now, verse 23 tells us not only they, but we and ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, even ourselves groan within ourselves. So creation is groaning, you're groaning. And the reason you're groaning because creation, you're feeling where you're going. You're feeling what you're going to do in the future. You're sensing and battling over the people you've never met. You see, you're groaning and moaning and, and you're battling inside because you're caring of people. There's a generation that need to hear your voice, that need your gift, need your talent, need your anointing, need your development, need your process, need you to die to self so they can see Christ in you. Because like prophet, like people, like shepherd, like sheep, you're fighting for people in you that you've never met before. People in you, you've never even, even, even heard them naturally, but you're carrying them like, like, like Abraham. He said, Abraham, I look in you and I see sand and stars. He could see in, in Abraham, the nations. And when God looks at you, he sees nations in you. And when God looks at you, he sees those who you would deliver. This is what God is waiting to give to us. Psalms chapter two tells us we can ask of him and he will give us nations. God wants to give you nations. Verse 8, Psalms 2, verse 8, Ask of me and I will give you nations. The word heathen is nations for your inheritance. And I'll give you the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. You're going to possess nations. You're going to possess the earth. God wants to give it to you. But he needs us to think like a king and talk like a king and walk. And a king in the kingdom serves the most. See, if you're going to be greatest, you've got to have the most willing, humble servant heart to honor others, to pray for it. This is not easy. God says, examine yourself, humble yourself, forgive even when you didn't do wrong. Bless those who cursed you. Wait, I'm a king. No, no, no. This is how the kingdom works. In this kingdom, you bless those who cursed you. You don't return evil for evil. In this kingdom, you love those who hated you. You pray for those who took advantage of you. It doesn't mean you allow them to keep taking advantage of you, but you pray for them. You pray that they're healed and they're delivered. You love those who hated you. You do good to those who did evil to you. You send them an offering. You pray over them. Doesn't mean you can connect to them, but you've got to wait for them to be delivered. But you love them and you pray for them and you honor them and you ask God to touch them because this is showing the nature of God in you. When you do right, when wrong was done to you, you get the reward of heaven. I need to pray for you. You're listening, I decree in the name of Jesus, every man, every woman, under the sound of my voice, under battle, under war, under opposition, that they would be well, that they would be whole, that they would be strengthened. The fire and power of God, let it come upon each and every hearer of the word. Strengthen your people. Give them power, give them provision, and use them to change this generation. God, I thank you that these are kings and priests. 
They are rulers. They are heads and not tails. They are above and not beneath. They are blessed going in and blessed going out. And because they are rulers and leaders, they can serve with a king's heart. I heard somebody say we must rule with the heart of a king, uh, with the heart of a servant, and serve with the heart of a king. Someone said this, you must serve with the heart of a king so you can rule with the heart of a servant. I'm going to say it one more time. You must serve with the heart of a king so that you can rule with the heart of a servant. If you can have this dynamic working, God will bless you and multiply you. I pray this grace over each heart, each mind, each life. Strengthen us and empower us so that you can get glory and you can get honor in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, somebody say amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. Thank you for uh, our Charisma Podcast family that have joined us. Please share and like the podcast. If you have any more information you would like to find out about the ministry, you can go to thisrockinternational.org. Again, thisrockinternational.org to get more information, to find out how you can connect with what we're doing. And we can keep you uh, uh, updated on all that's taking place in the kingdom of God concerning this work in the earth realm. God bless you. We love you. Please share the podcast. Let somebody know we're in your region, in your area, and asking God to bless you as you go. In Jesus' name, amen. Also want to thank all of our Facebook and all of our YouTube viewers for still being with us. I'm going to invite all of you tonight at This Rock International. It's going to be a powerful word. Uh, We are traveling. We are working to get there. Uh, I cannot tell you for certain whether I'll be there or a man of God or woman of God will be in our stead, but there's going to be a move of God tonight. It's going to be a phenomenal blessing. Wednesday night, tonight at 7 p.m., there'll be a, at 6.30 will be prayer, 7 o'clock will be a time of worship, powerful worship, and there's going to be a phenomenal word and the presence. That'll be tonight at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss that. I can tell you this Sunday, prophetic Sunday, Uh, is going to be an awesome, phenomenal move of God. It's going to be amazing. On the 15th of October, we're expecting God to show up. That's my first Sunday back after being out last Sunday. A move of God. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be anointing. I'm going to be prophesying. And I'm going to ask the, the house of God to be ready to minister to the people of God. For God is going to add increase. You don't want to miss that. Join us this Sunday at 11.30 for prayer. 12 noon for our uh, in-person worship encounter. And the power of God will meet you there in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm also inviting all of you, please, please remember, mark your calendar. We've got just a couple of weeks away now, about two weeks away, RTA Lancaster. It's going to be phenomenal, phenomenal. We've got uh, a co-host, Pastor Eddie Barragon, will be bringing the word of the Lord and the WHDO worship team with the This Rock International team will be worshiping and prophesying. Pastor uh, Eddie and, and Yadiro are an amazing leaders of WHDO World Harvest Christian Outreach. We're going to be there in Lancaster, California. Mark your calendars the 27th through the 29th of October. Uh, We'll also have Apostle Rocky Martinez, Apostle Kim Gaskin, Apostle Phil Vermillion, and Apostle Fred Hodge. We're squeezing all that oil into one weekend. You don't want to miss it. Please go to thisrockinternational.org. Let us know you're coming. Let us know you're going to be there, This Rock International. Look forward to seeing you there. WHCO, those that are watching, please be sure to add 
to add them to uh, the podcast or add them to the registration list so you can be a part of that and the different churches coming. God bless you. We're praying for you. I pray that this ministry has been an impact to you this week. If so, there are different ways you can give. They're going to put those giving options up. You can give via Zelle, give via text to give, give via the website, thisrockinternational.org, or there's a PayPal link there. You can give internationally and be blessed as you go. God bless you. Again, we're so glad to be back in the area. We can't wait for a mighty move of God this week. We're praying for you, and we can't wait to see you soon. God bless you. We love you. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.